0: Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L. all the way from the north of England. Episode 19, Morrissey. Today's song is Every Day Is Like Sunday. And if you don't know the song or haven't heard it, can I suggest that you go to YouTube and look up a particular performance of the song, Put in, every day is like Sunday, move. And you'll see the 4 minutes 37 performance at Old Trafford in 2004. There's a prize for anybody who can spot me in the crowd and another prize for anybody who can count the number of times we see Morrissey genuflecting. So welcome back to Los Angeles for the second week of Church Ahead 2022 Summer Pop Festival. Last week we had the Bangles playing Manic Monday. Couldn't you feel the Californian sunshine in that lovely song? Well, we've got a very different artist on stage today. Stephen Patrick Morrissey has lived in LA for most of his life, but the place he's most famously associated with is Manchester, where he grew up. The adjectives most commonly associated with Morrissey are miserable, downbeat, depressed. His most famous song about Manchester begins The rain falls hard on a humdrum town. And of course his best-known lyric, tabloid editors use again and again Heaven knows I'm miserable now. Morrissey might live in LA, but his spirit has never really left rain-soaked 1980s Manchester raging against Margaret Thatcher laying waste to industrial northern England. She spoiled everything, yes, even the weather. Morrissey is a divisive figure with a fiercely loyal fan base and a lot of enemies who can't stand him. Some of his fans call themselves Apostles, I've seen him perform several times and I'm always struck by how miserable his followers look. What many of them say is Morrissey is the only one who can express their pain and their sense of feeling like an outsider. You don't go to Morrissey if you want cheering up. I've told you some of his downbeat lyrics and he enunciates his words very clearly when he sings but the truth is He expresses these dark feelings very powerfully just through the music alone and the inflections in his voice and his expressive face. We would get the point even without the words. Early on in this podcast, in episode two, we looked at the art of L.S. Lowry and I talked about how he paints not just the physical landscape of industrial northern England but the spiritual landscape. In Pigment, on canvas, Lowry says something about the decline of both mills and church. Well, I think Morris's music is doing something similar. Through his song lyrics and vocal qualities, he too is saying something about economic and religious decline as industrial Manchester becomes post-industrial and very nearly post-Christian. Morrissey peaked half a century after Lowry. Lowry was in his prime in the 1930s, Morrissey in the 1980s, and the process of church decline is now further on. By the 1980s, church is going, going, nearly gone. Not quite post-Christian, but nearly there. So, Mr Morrissey please can you take to the Church Ahead Summer Pop Festival stage and sing your song, Every Day is Like Sunday, from 1988. Oh, do I have to? I'm not feeling too bright. It's all right, Stephen, we don't want you to sing zippity doodar. We're not asking you to make us grin. Just be yourself and tell it like it is. And please, can we have a really good performance so Church Ahead gets some good publicity? Oh, all right then. Trudging slowly over wet sand Back to the bench where your clothes were stolen You know, right from the start, with the Morrissey song, everything is going to go wrong and not much is going to go right. In the seaside town They forgot to close down So which is the seaside town he has in mind? Well, I think the best guess has got to be Blackpool, a seaside holiday town that thrived from the railway age, taking hordes of working-class families for their annual holiday from all over the industrial north, until the 1970s brought cheap flights to Spain. In the 1980s, Blackpool was in steep decline. Come Armageddon! Come, Armageddon, come. See how biblically literate he is. He manages to get this distinctive religious place name from the book of Revelation for the big battle that marks the end of the world. In the second verse, Armageddon turns into nuclear bomb, slightly subtler than saying, nuke the place, but not very subtle. Bob Dylan sometimes uses the word Armageddon, but much more carefully and artfully. With Morris's use of the word Armageddon, it's as though he's found a new toy that he can't stop playing with. So that's the first Christian symbol he uses, and now the second. Every day is like Sunday Every day, silent and grey Did you hear that? We're a million miles away now from the Bangles. The Christian day of rest is not liberation from work or the joy of play or the refreshment of rest. It's the most boring, lifeless and uneventful day of the week. As dull as Blackpool after everybody's gone to Benidorm. I wonder how many low-paid workers forced to work on Sunday today would love to go back to a sunday that was silent and grey so how should we see morris's use of these christian symbols armageddon and sunday and if you've seen him perform you'll have noticed other bits of church he uses these days he generally performs on stage with a bishop's type pectoral cross about 4 inches long pinned to his waist And, of course, one of his favourite gestures on stage has always been to genuflect and cross himself. So how should we interpret this? Most of us are familiar with the word appropriation in terms of cultural sensitivity. It's frowned on, for instance, when white people take black people's culture and try to use it as though it were their own. Well, what I see in Morrissey is a sort of religious appropriation. When I was 10 or 11 years old, we used to play in derelict houses. They'd be boarded up, but we would find a way of taking the boards off or climbing in through a window. And we'd walk round, room by room, seeing what was worth taking. Perhaps we'd find a magazine or a bit of a carpet for a den. And with Morrissey... It's as though the church has declined so far that it's like a derelict house, long abandoned. And so you can wander through and pick out any bit you feel like using. No one will mind because no one lives there anymore. The cross, yes, I'll have that. A key battle from Revelation, yes, I'll take that one. The Christian Holy Day, the the worshipper's gesture, in coming into church. Yes, yes, I'll have those, thank you. And I'm sure no one will mind. I wouldn't even single Morrissey out for this. He's no worse in this than many of the other Manchester bands of the late 20th century. Stone Roses had a single about ditching a girlfriend called I Am the Resurrection and the Life and an album called The Second Coming. It would be fair to say that it was not about the Perusia. Let me give you a bit more background to the late 20th century Manchester music scene. In the summer of 1976, the Sex Pistols played a legendary concert at the Lesser Trade Free Trade Hall in Manchester. This wasn't the main Free Trade Hall. This was a little room up at the back and there were only about 40 tickets sold. Martin Luther once said, Christ had 12 apostles and 15 of them are buried in our part of Germany. And it's often joked that at this tiny concert with just a few dozen people, there were hundreds, maybe even thousands, of hangers-on of the Manchester pop scene who claimed to have been there. And what this gig is remembered for in the local pop history folklore, is not so much what happened on stage, but who was in the audience. Just a few dozen young people, mainly in their late teens, some in their early 20s, but many of them went on to form the bands that Manchester is now famous for, Joy Division, Buzzcocks, and yes, of course, Morrissey. He was there. The successful band that Morrissey formed in the 1980s was called The Smiths. And of course, that was followed by a successful solo career. And if you look at those teenagers who form those bands, one of the most striking things about them is that so many of them were from a very particular demographic in Manchester. They were from Irish Catholic families. And this would also apply to 90s Manchester bands like Oasis too. These Manchester kids had parents and grandparents from Ireland who brought them up within the Roman Catholic Church. Many of them went to Catholic schools. But what's the word that nearly all of them use to describe their brand of Catholicism? The word is lapsed. Most of the Catholics I grew up around, would call themselves lapsed Catholics. In Morris's autobiography, he says this on page 38. I feel no pull towards the church, but I understand there's nothing else. Catholicism has you tracked and trailed for life with an overwhelming sense of self-doubt, and every church churns with painful pews. End of quote. There you have it, the key words of this religious movement of lapsed Catholics, doubt and guilt. And doubt is not even doubt against God, it's self-doubt. Of all those talented people in that room on that legendary night, and I wasn't there, for me, Morrissey was the most talented. I think he's the most groundbreakingly creative musician of my hometown in my lifetime, as well as an annoying big mouth. In this song, Every Day Is Like Sunday, he does down the Christian holy day. But he can't manage to trash this Christian symbol without using other Christian words and symbols. Church is going, going, nearly gone. This was the world that formed me. One of my annual rituals is watching the sun go down on New Year's Eve. I like to see the sun set on the old year. I like to see the final bits of daylight of the old year. It's always seemed to me more meaningful than waiting for a clock to chime at midnight. In my part of the world, the sun sets just before four o'clock on the 31st of December. But I stay watching it beyond that in the garden or perhaps a west-facing bedroom window. And if it's not too cloudy, you can see the light fading away in the western sky for about another hour. The strips of light thin out and slowly fade away. If you look carefully, you can still see tiny bits of light even at five o'clock. I've lived in an age and a place where Christianity is fading away, at least in the mainstream culture it is. Would it make sense to you if I said that Lowry is painting at about four o'clock on New Year's Eve? Morrissey is singing at about 4.30. Perhaps Even quarter to five. Church has not yet disappeared, but there's not much left to see. That's the end of Church Ahead Summer Pop Festival, and that's the end of Series 1. I've had enough of Los Angeles. I'm going back to the north of England, I'd rather have Blackpool. Thank you for listening to episode 19 of series one. We're going to have a little break throughout August and series two will begin first Friday of September 2022. Let me ask you a little favour. To make sure that you don't miss it, please could you press subscribe on your platform that you listen to this thing on right now. Come Armageddon, come Armageddon, come.